0: A podcast dedicated to growing up as a TCK and how it's affecting us now that we're adults. And today we will be talking about Easter. Um, Yay. (laughs) Yeah, so I'll be very honest. I know uh, little about Easter. I didn't grow up in a Christian family. So that Mm. is not something that I really grew up with or uh, participated in necessarily, definitely within the religious aspect. Um but to start off with Easter this year is going to fall on April 4th, 2021, okay. and that will mark the end of Lent. Um Yes. Wh- what do you what how do you feel about Easter or like do you have a history with Easter?
1: I think only when I was very very small. Um the thing is is that basically uh, there was a period of my dad was studying for a PhD, so we would come over at sort of Winter time in Britain. I can't remember exactly what, what what the dates were in terms of the months of the year, but it would it, it must have fallen somewhere between February and March, because I do remember doing Easter once or twice as a very small child. Um, so it, it kind of associated with things like Easter egg hunts, you know, egg painting, um, egg rolling. So basically, the idea is you just roll the eggs down the hill and see whose egg survives the, the, the <laughs> trauma. Um, Wait, th- raw eggs? Or... eggs but... Oh,
0: they're boiled. Okay. <laughs>
1: wild yeah so it's so we do that and then egg and spoon races things like that it was kind of like um i think they're all very english traditions but i think i was very small at the time so that's the reason we did it Mm -hmm. um i don't think we did it for very long either i can't i can't remember when we stopped doing it but i mean and then afterwards easter became less of a thing Um, right you'd be aware of it and you'd be sort of like looking at it going okay yeah this is what it happens it's always one of those fun ones. Is it, the fun thing that people don't remember about Easter is it changes its date every year? Yeah, and people get confused. They it's based on
0: that. a lunar calendar.
2: Yeah.
1: So it's, I think it's uh, what is it? Uh, Forget this right. It's the first Sunday after the first full moon after the spring equinox. Mm-hmm. So it can shift quite widely. So it could be full with anywhere within a period of a month. So it's it's an interesting concept. Anyway, I'm pretty sure that's correct. Somebody will correct me at some point and go, "Oh wait, no, you got it in the wrong order." <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's yeah, it's an interesting idea. Um, particularly the stuff with the Easter Bunny and all that kind of thing. Yeah, so I, I did I did
0: some research into it because I'll, like I said, I I really have no background with Easter other than like seeing Easter Bunny stuff in different countries. The like ambassador would dress up as the Easter Bunny and would like hide <laughs> eggs around his the compound and stuff. And so we, as kids we would try and go and find them. And that was really cute. Mm. It kind of brought our community together because otherwise, you know, we're, we're all families living in a central area, but for a lot of us, we're, you know, still kind of separate. We don't really always get the chance to talk to each other as, mm. as expats. So it was a cool way of getting the community together and be able to interact with each other. So yeah, I was interested in like where it comes from. So It's connected to Passover, which is a Jewish festival that commemorates the liberation of the Jewish people from slavery in Egypt. And so Mm -hmm. if you're looking at it from the Christian tradition, um, what happened was that Jesus went into Jerusalem during the time of Passover and there was a big celebratory procession. And also, there was a disturbance within the Jerusalem temple, and those two things Mm -hmm. attracted the attention of the Romans, which eventually led (laughs) to Jesus's execution. And so that um, Easter is supposed to be the three days after he was entombed is when Mm -hmm. he had come back to life. Um, He had resurrected, come back from the dead, and is now he was alive again and people were like, Oh my gosh, he's no longer in his tomb. He's alive again. (laughs) Um, And then that is why like Easter exists within the Christian tradition. What's interesting is that there has been an Easter like celebration before that time period. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's interesting that in many countries, um, the time of Easter is more closely the name is closer to Passover. So in French, it's Buck, There's also Pasha. Like there's multiple ways of saying it, but yeah. it's closer to that. Whereas Easter is a very unique English-Germanic term. Mm. Like it's really those like areas that use that term. So I was curious as to why. Um, the name of Easter, it's believed that it comes from a pre-Christian Germanic goddess who is named uh, Eostre so Mm e-o-s-t-r-e um who is the goddess of the dawn and she was celebrated as a spring like this there was actually a month an old germanic month that was dedicated to the worship of this goddess we don't know much about the actual worship because it was only referenced once in one piece of text by a uh, eighth century monk Called Venerable Bede, so
1: oh the Venerable Bede, yes, yes, Speed. Bede. There you go.
0: So we don't we don't have a lot of like details as to how she was celebrated, but we're pretty sure that the name of Easter directly comes from that goddess. Well,
1: that would make sense. I mean, there's a, there's a kind of a tradition of like, particularly the Roman Catholic Church, essentially kind of going right. Well, you guys already had a fe- have a festival. So what we'll do in order to ha- make it easier for it to transition into the Christian side of things, what you do is you can do all that stuff that you used to do. You just got to add Jesus into it kind of thing. It was a way of, like getting people on board without like getting rid of everything. Cause obviously <laughs> if people, if you say to people, you got to stop doing everything you did, people tend to go, don't really want to, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy as I was. And so you, you it's, it's a nice way of kind of just like easing people into it and getting rid of some of the older stuff, but then you kind of like allow some of it to stay around because it does kind of make sense. I mean, if you want it's better that they do a little bit of christianity than none at all Mm -hmm. i suppose is the thinking so you you know because you know how else are you going to do it you know it's just as long as it's just as long as you know that coming to jesus and coming to god is all right Uh, Mm -hmm. it's loads of stuff like that i mean it it happens all the time um and it's it just it's i suppose it just makes political sense really it's just like well we're not going to get rid of all of it so just so long as you can kind of like keep a, keep tabs on it and control it, that's better than having no influence at all, mm-hmm. which does make sense.
2: Yeah,
0: it yeah. makes it easier to have people start to follow what you want them to believe if you say, oh, well, mm. it's, it's basically what you believe, but we're adding some stuff onto it. Instead of saying, well, yeah. whatever you believe right now, it's completely being erased and you have to believe this now. It's a little bit easier yeah. to ease people into things because they already do it or believe in it than to completely erase it and try to force them into this whole new thing it's just easier to co-opt than to destroy completely i'm sure there are uh ruling authoritarians who do not believe that but (laughs) it's just easier to get people to do what you want them to do if they're already kind of doing it than to just say don't do what you're doing do this whole new thing
1: yeah i mean because you can't it's sort of the idea of starting society from scratch. How do you do that? It's just too much effort. So what you do is you just kind of walk in and take over what's already there. And then and it's funny because the Roman Empire kind of worked like that. They tended to like to invade places that were um, already pretty well set up. Yeah. Which is why they didn't like Britain very much, I think. They just go, what's the point? <laughs> they genuinely did have those moments where they just thought there's just no point because there's nothing there. <laughs> like, I suppose, it, yeah, it's, it's the same sort of thing. You just walk in, take over what's already there and just co-opt it and use it. As, as it is, there's no point in destroying the society.
0: Yeah, and I'm, it also makes sense as to why the Roman, like if you look at old Roman mythology, they co-opted a lot of gods and traditions from the Greeks. Mm-hmm. Cause they were like, wow, this yeah. is a great setup. We already kind of believe this. So we're just going to change the names, but they're basically the same. And so it made yeah. Greek communities more willing to follow along with the Roman empire because it was like, well, we mm-hmm. do already believe that. We're just changing the name of the god. Okay, I mean, I'm not thrilled by it, but sure, we'll we'll go with it. Um, But it's it's really interesting with the like going back to Easter because it is Mm. a spring festival. That's really what it is. is. If you look at Passover, if you look at Easter, they are around the time of spring. Passover has very different. ways of celebrating compared to Easter. Um, that's its whole, mm. whole other thing. Yeah. Um, so I was curious as to where like the whole idea of the eggs and the bunnies came from because th- <laughs> there's a joke. I think it's Eddie, it might be Eddie Izzard who joked about how he was like, um, what is, what do eggs and bunnies have to do with Jesus? And it's was like, well, because Easter <laughs> was a, a fertility festival. It's a spring festival. And then Jesus came around and was like, well, this is my festival now. <laughs> Yeah. It's a, not exactly that, but Eddie Izzard is known to make some historical inaccuracies. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Though
1: he does make some good jokes. Yeah. There was another one that was, uh, was a comedian, Dave Allen, when he was talking about when he was a child and he was first sent, because he was from Ireland and that some of the people that you, you would uh, get to uh, teach children would be the nuns. Cause mm-hmm. It was just easy to get you send him to the lo- local area, the local convent. And so he got sent to one of these convents and he doesn't know about Jesus at all or anything like that. And he says... Asked about the story of Jesus, and she says, well, he was born on Christmas and died on Easter. And he said, well, he didn't hang around long, did he? <laughs> I just love that one.
0: That's so <laughs> ridiculous. Oh, my God. It is, it, it is. I think, I, don't,
1: I wonder whether Easter is just a much more Catholic thing than anything else, because, but then they do it in Britain like in England quite a lot. I mean, it's, it's, it's always, it's, you know, it's a big thing. You've got all the snacks and the things, that will snacks, chocolates it's just not, it's just chocolate, eggs and all that sort of stuff everywhere mm-hmm. in all the shops and it's all over the place. I mean people do enjoy it and it does, you know and it's, it's just that specific thing though isn't it? The eggs and the rabbits are not do they do a lot of stuff in the US?
0: Oh, it's everywhere. <laughs> There's there's (laughs) eggs everywhere, there's rabbits everywhere. So apparently the tradition of really like incorporating, like very strongly incorporating eggs and rabbits and all that symbology was around the 17th century. They wanted to include children more within the religion. There was this growing belief that children, it wasn't just a step towards adulthood. It was his own process. And you had to start learning how to treat children as you know, their own, its own rightful thing. And so they started trying to find ways to teach, uh, to children, getting them engaged in religion. And so Mm. they started using the idea of the eggs and the bunnies, um, which already was around a long time before this really grew, but it was really big, uh, in Germany. And actually Germany started a tradition of the Easter hair, excuse me, (laughs) the Easter hair, um, who would bring eggs to good children. And so that was a tradition that started around the 17th century. And then a lot of the traditions that got built by Germanic peoples during that time period started coming to the U.S. uh, via immigrants in the 18th and 19th century. So there's actually Mm -hmm. quite a few of the traditions that we have in the U.S. um, came from that group, from Germanic people who were moving over here. So the reason with hares and rabbits is because they're incredibly fertile if you you don't know this um you're you have no idea what's going on in nature (laughs) (laughs) because you know there's a well-known uh symbology of rabbits having a lot of children and having a lot of sex which causes more rabbits so um Rabbits are a symbol of spring and fertility, and then eggs are another symbol of fertility because chickens don't really lay eggs during the winter, if any, and right. it's during the spring that they start laying eggs again. So it's another way of symbolizing okay. new life, new growth.
1: Yeah. I mean, one of the things that makes sense with the hares is the thing is, is that in spring, they have this thing which they call the Mad March hares. Mm -hmm. Which is basically you do see hares running around in the fields. So you'll see two of them and what they're doing is they're boxing each other around the fields They'll be like, you can see hares fighting in the (laughs) fields So um, that happens, they call them the Mad March hares because you see it in March And they just, you do see these hares fighting each other and they'd actually Essentially it doesn't look like they're boxing each other Wow Um, So, and, and they're kind of obvious because obviously the fields are empty They haven't got any crops in them or anything like that And they just use the space and you can see them darting around I mean with COVID and stuff like that, I haven't had a chance to go out and look in the fields particularly. But I mean, if you do have a chance to at some point, you can go out. You know, it must happen all over Europe because I'm pretty sure that they're, I think they're native to most countries in Europe, has. I mean, if they're native to Britain, they're probably native to everywhere else. So mm-hmm. you're probably able to see it. It's a uh, it's a weird thing to watch because you do notice it. <laughs> you hear about it and you go, is that real? And you see it in the field and go, oh, it is real.
0: Oh, it's very real. Do they, f- are they fighting over mates? Is that where they're fighting?
1: I think it is. I can't remember whether it's females trying to fend off males or males fighting each other. I cannot remember which one it is. Mm-hmm. I can't. But it, remember it, which it one has it is,
0: something but... to do with the mating season.
1: Yes, and you do see it. It's, it's quite obvious because I mean, hares are quite large, and if you can and they're quite tall compared to a rabbit. Mm-hmm. When they walk, they're quite high off the ground. Whereas rabbits sort of like crouch and hop, whereas a hare really kind of runs, and they do have the big, longer ears as well. So you, when the field's empty of stuff, they're quite obvious. You can see them moving around. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen that in a very long time. I have seen it, but haven't seen it in a very long time. So, I was just—I was also kind of curious about the rabbit thing because obviously rabbits didn't didn't arrive in Europe, I think, until at least the ten hundreds. They were imported, so they certainly didn't arrive in Britain until the Normans arrived. So I was just wondering how all the tradition was. But I mean, yeah, if it's seventeen hundreds, then yeah, that makes a certain amount. It was similar.
0: saying at least the seventeenth century was when the seventeenth oh, century. Okay that those traditions started regarding like eggs and rabbits and all that stuff Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's it's just so interesting and actually one of the things i i was when i was doing research was why we decorate the eggs because i've always Mm. it's fun that was one of the things i loved doing as a kid and was probably one of the only like easter traditions that my family ever really had us do was decorating the eggs because it's boiled eggs. You can use them in a bunch of different things. (laughs) It's like, even if you decorate it, it doesn't change the taste of the egg. It's their eggs. Um, so I was curious as to why it's such a big thing. And some scholars were saying that it's because the colors remind us of the flowers that are growing during Mm. the springtime. So winter is seen as very dark and lonely and everything's kind of dead. So when spring starts arriving, it's all about the growth and nature and flowers coming out. So you, those started getting represented on the eggs themselves. So it's really popular to have like little decorations that are almost pastel in color because it symbolizes that kind of new color of spring.
1: Yeah, that that does make sense. I mean, just at the moment looking at stuff, there is a lot of like you know brightly coloured flowers out and about. So you get the yellows, you get sort of purples and blues and all that sort of stuff. uh That does make sense, and it is one. It just seems to be one of those things that really is ubiquitous. You do see it like always being represented as something that people will do. I mean, even with like the Charlie Brown cartoons and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know, that you see them doing that in the east i thing. You just kind of go, okay, so they do it in the states, um, do it in Britain. Um, I suppose you know. The United States does take a lot of stuff from Western Europe in terms of those sort of like Christian traditions. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, well, they take they take stuff from everywhere because everybody goes to the United States. But you know, um, yeah. <laughs> So it's not it's not a surprise that they do it there as well. That's yeah, I should be saying.
0: Oh no, Easter is really big here. I mean, Jay and I, mm. when we were doing some shopping back in like, I want to say middle of March, maybe early March, there was already s- Easter stuff that was out.
2: Yeah.
1: I can't remember when it started coming out this year. I think it came out really early in Britain. I'm sure it was there by February. I'm sure it was. Mm-hmm. But then I can kind of forgive it this year just because of everything that's going on. You're kind of, oh, yeah, there's something nice happening at some point. You know,
0: <laughs> I don't remember the time, but something happened.
1: Yeah, something Yeah, yeah. Something nice is going to happen soon. So, you know, quite nice. <laughs> um, but I suppose because it is, you know, because Lent is quite a long process. So it is. It, I suppose you can kind of say that, yeah, it's okay because, you know. There's a long period of time in the build-up towards it, so, you know. Mm-hmm. It, I, I'll forgive it this year.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of the things that I always notice with Easter is that there is a hu- It's close to Halloween in the idea of, like, candy. Like, there's a mm, yeah. a very strong link, at least in modern times. I don't know how traditional that is, but I know... Um, definitely since I was a kid, there's been a lot more candy that I've noticed around Easter Mm. and it's all sorts. It's not just chocolate. There's also like sweet boiled sweets and other things that get sold and given to kids during Easter, usually when Easter egg hunting. So like I vividly remember you would get these like little plastic eggs that would get filled with candy and then those would get hidden everywhere. And so if you collected as many eggs as you could, you would get more candy out of it
1: yeah i mean because i think when because i was saying when we came over to britain because my dad was doing the phd and stuff like that we used to do it we used to have like the easter egg hunts in my great-grandparents garden mm-hmm. um and they had quite a large garden and obviously a small kid so obviously the, if it's a garden that's pretty big then it's easy to try and wander around trying to find stuff and it's all quite <laughs> good fun so i do remember that doing doing that as a small child i can't remember how old i would have been i think like Six or seven, something like that. Uh, Yeah, you know, so small. So small, very small. So that's It's a great way of keeping so your vague. kids
0: occupied.
1: Well, just as long as you don't lose them.
0: <laughs> Marcus! Um,
1: <laughs> I'm sure you won't lose your children in the garden, but yeah.
0: I mean, I would hope not, but... <laughs> it's in your own garden. Um, But yeah, no, I, I definitely remember as a kid... Mm doing that Um, and it it was usually an event that would get hosted by the ambassador in whatever country we were in Mm. so once I started traveling that was something that I always really liked that I thought that was something that could go from one country to another even if it wasn't something that was traditional within that country it was something that could bring a lot of the local the expats together so all Mm. the American families could come together and they could celebrate Easter by having an event with like some little snacks and an Easter egg hunt for the kids. You maybe have photos with the Easter bunny. And it was just an excuse to like meet all the families, get together and hang out um, without there yeah. necessarily really being any stress. It was just, Hey, it's Easter. None of us seem to really be religious or if they are, they're doing their <laughs> own thing. We're just here for the Easter egg hunt and getting candies. Like That's yeah. all we really care about. <laughs>
1: But it's quite a good community thing, isn't it? I think that's the thing about it, is it does really help to have that sort of, especially in that sort of situation, it is something that everybody can kind of go, yeah, it doesn't, the religious element doesn't matter, but it's quite a nice, fun thing for everybody to do to get together and do that. Mm-hmm. I suppose I suppose Easter has always been quite communal in a way, hasn't it? It's uh, not in the same way, because Christmas isn't, whereas Easter seems to be much more kind of like, yeah, let's go outside and stuff like that. I suppose you want to in sort of like, if the weather's getting better, it's like, yeah, let's go outside. We've been cooped up inside for months. Let's go and... Mm -hmm. get some chocolate and feed the kids and watch them go mental for a couple of hours and then take them (laughs)
2: home.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I think it's really really cool that it's something that, you know, I think as a culture in the United States, we're at least younger generations are tending to move away from a very faith-based way of living. Mm. I think a lot of younger Americans are are finding themselves um, either atheists or agnostics or just with no belief system. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's still certain traditions that are moving on without that faith attached to it. So there are still people who... I know who are like, I'm not religious, but we celebrate Easter. And same thing that we talked mm. about when we were talking about Christmas um, a bunch of episodes ago, is that people <laughs> are still following the some of the traditions where it's like, we're giving gifts, we're taking care of each other, but not really the religious aspect.
1: Yeah, yeah. I suppose it's like that in a lot of countries nowadays, though, isn't it? It's particularly in the West. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's you don't see such strong religious desires anymore. I mean there are but I mean it's it's it, generation on generation it becomes less and less powerful. I mean there are some people who are definitely very religious but Oh yeah. I'm, I don't I I think sure there are always people who will have
0: longer. I think there are people who will always have strong faith. Um mm. and I I don't want to deny them that. I think that's their own no. prerogative. Um but it should be everyone's prerogative to be able to believe if they want to or not. Um so it yeah. is kind of cool that we're still able to participate and still able to yeah. interact with each other without faith having to be the connection between everything. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, because I mean, it's such a strange festival anyway, because it ha- has all these elements in it. And the thing is, is it really obviously has shifted from the kind of the from the Christian itself. So we're not really thinking about the resurrection of Christ. We're, we're thinking about Easter bunnies and painting eggs and kind of having a festival mm-hmm. more than thinking about kind of going right so we're going to go to church and then we're going to go there and we're going to think about you know our lord and savior and then you know be sensible it's a, we don't quite do that and i think it does also kind of have like a festival for children as well which is interesting yeah It just feel more like that that's probably maybe why we as you get older it kind of like drops out of your mind because it is quite a lot more focused around children but then that kind of makes sense in the sense of rebirth doesn't it i suppose in weird ways is that your children are the next generation so they're the uh yeah, the yeah. extension of the self kind of in a way. Um, some no, like it it definitely
0: like feels it definitely feels very child centered. Like Easter feels mm. like a lot of the the celebratory aspects of it are geared towards a younger person w- wanting them to have fun, discovering things. Mm. But then there's also the more like adult um, idea of spring and rebirth and growth and fertility like
2: yeah. you really
0: can't escape that with with easter because it's so closely connected to the beginning of spring and the idea of like okay everything's yeah. growing we're starting to get nice weather again you see plants and yeah. trees and things that are not dimmed by the darkness of winter anymore we're starting to get mm. more light so we're starting to get more growth. So it's, it's very interesting yes. where it is a very child geared festival, but it's also pretty adult when you think about it. Cause it's like, it's yes. spring children will be around again soon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's really interesting. I think another thing that's kind of interesting about it is that there is no real like food that is dedicated to Easter
1: Not specifically, no.
0: Because, like, Christmas, people think of having, like, the Christmas dinner with the roaster or turkey or whatever it is that's very big in your country or your family. And then there's other things, like, for Halloween, people immediately Mm. think candy chocolate. Like, that's exactly what you think of. And then Mardi Gras, we have the king cake. So it's just interesting how Easter, as such a big holiday, doesn't exactly have, like, a centerpiece food because mm. you could technically say the eggs but really no one's eating a bunch of eggs on easter there's no, no. You, you really decorate them that's the focus yes. and then you'll have egg salad for the next 40 days because you've boiled a million <laughs> eggs um <laughs> that's what happened to us we would have a ton of eggs and then it was like well i guess we're gonna have a lot of egg salad and some uh deviled eggs because that's what we've got oh yeah
1: that's all right <laughs> <laughs> you just go yeah so what's the dinner salad this was. we had it last today doesn't matter,
2: doesn't matter you're gonna eat it <laughs> yeah
1: i suppose the only thing i can think of that might be sort of vaguely associated would probably be the eating of fish i don't know if that's know if my memory is playing tricks on me but often with like in christian religious festivals you'll eat fish because christ for whatever reason i think in the greek the if you're putting out christ's initials it would be an i and a c which are the two first letters of ixos which is fish Hmm. so the fish is associated with christ it's a really old symbol that i think it was kind of like code because christians obviously couldn't um show that they were christian for a long time so it was a kind of a code so if you like said fish would be a kind of a thing so but i don't know if that was actually something that was true that people would particularly be interested in eating fish on easter or whether i'm making that up so sort of smashing two other traditions together. I don't know
0: about fish on Easter. I know that throughout Lent a lot of people because they give up mm. meat they have fish instead. Like definitely yes. here in Buffalo I know that during the time of Lent, a ton of restaurants will do like a fish fry special or yeah. like fish on Fridays like always they'll have this specific fish dishes that are available. I don't know why it's, like, always Friday, but some restaurants will do it for the entire period of Lent where they'll have, like, more fish options yeah. than they usually have.
1: I wonder why it'd be Friday. I don't know. Oh, well, it could just be for the fact that it begins with an F. I don't know. <laughs>
0: fish Friday. It fish sounds, Fridays! It sounds,
1: like it, it sounds like it should mean something more than that, but, I mean, I don't know why.
0: I, I don't know. But I, I know that during the time of Lent, a lot of Christians will turn towards fish instead of having beef. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. it might be that maybe for Easter it's like oh well Easter continuation of Lent, maybe fish that would make sense, but I don't know. Mm. I, like, that's also the thing for me with Easter where it's like I <laughs> I have re- I have always approached it from a non-religious perspective so it's really interesting yes. to me to like try and delve into it and learn more about it because it it's something that I have no real like strong attachment to other than yeah. because I I do I do practice some magic and I have certain like mm. ways of going about the world and I know that for me, uh Oestra is really big for spring and like celebrating yeah. spring festival. So in that sense it's important, but um yeah, not the very strong other religious ties for me.
1: <laughs> no. There was one thing actually I don't know if I've ever mentioned it before, but the thing is is that you know you know um you know Whitby and Dracula. Yes. Where Dracula first comes to the U- comes to the UK mm-hmm. is actually that's where it was decided when Easter should happen, because there were two different religious ideas at the time. So the England had become sort of part of the Roman Catholic Church, but it was a, it was working with a much older calendar or a different or a different system that the Celtic Christians would be using, the people who came over from Ireland. So they had a a meeting there to decide when when Easter should be held. They determined it. At Whitby.
0: Interesting. I didn't know that. I'm pretty
1: sure that's correct. Yeah, St. Hilda. (laughs)
0: One of the early English saints. When I was doing research, I thought that I saw that there was a Roman um, leader who... like, It was way after Jesus died. (laughs) um, And he, like, brought together a council of people, and they were trying to decide, like, dates and official, when are we going to celebrate these things, and he was one of the reasons that um, Easter oh, right. got decided to be celebrated it, on those Sundays. The Emperor
1: Constantine, that would have been...
0: Probably. I need to go back and do that research. <laughs> I'll be honest, I was like skimming through a lot of it and was like, "This is so fascinating, and I really need to like learn more about it, but I only know the very basics um Easter Roman <laughs> emperor, no Easter mm. I can't type
1: yeah it's comp- it's it's so complicated." <laughs>
0: Whatever it is. It's just interesting. It's definitely something where if you have an interest in, like, where different holidays come from and how they inspire each other, um, Easter is a perfect example of how we, like, because there's been this history of, oh, well, it's a Christian holiday and that's all we know it as. It's really interesting to go and do the Mm -hmm. research and then learn, oh, well, that was based on a different holiday. And it came from this. And that's why it has certain symbols that may not make sense now, but at the time period made a lot of sense. Um, yes. So I, I think that's always really fascinating. And it's good to learn like where things come from so that you have a better idea of why it's being celebrated in a certain way or yeah. why people are involved in it in a certain way. It's because there's a history behind it. You just may not know what that history is.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's so much to learn there. So much to learn.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's kind of it for Easter uh, for us. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I do want to thank you guys so much for joining us today. We had a really fun time talking about bunnies and eggs. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and if you want to reach out to us, we are on Twitter. It is uh, Passport, N-E-C-E-S-S-1. And we're rolling with it. And um, Mm -hmm. also we are on Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts, anywhere where you can listen to amazing podcasts. So definitely uh, check out our other podcasts on various topics that we've previously spoken of. Feel free to uh, subscribe so that you don't miss another episode. And I do want to thank you for listening to us. Oh, we're also on YouTube. Um, If you want to uh, listen to us via that Um, way of doing it you can do that Um, but yeah thank you so much uh, for joining us today thank you (laughs) bye
1: bye